we've heard so much talk in our country about, you know, it's a dictatorship and this is a, a gross overreach of power. And I mean, the rhetoric gets superheated, right? Almost as if on cue, we've got Putin standing up and saying, I'll show you a real dictator. You want to talk about, you know, authoritarian regimes and dictatorship. This is what it looks like. Um, but this whole month, really, and going back farther even, some of the ludicrous theories that have been floated, really, they are absurd. They're absolute nonsense, but people take them as being gospel. Why? Because it makes them happy. And that seems to be the qualifying determination for a lot of people. Um, but we really have seen how... Uh, we have a major issue with understanding civics in this country, basic functions of government and how the laws work. I mean, a lot of nonsense will replace reality, uh, and we've seen it happen over and over again. So let's have a chat about that. We're going to speak with Dr. Eric Van Reithoven, who's an instructor in political science at Carleton University. He joins us now. Doctor, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you recently wrote a piece uh, on this very topic, talking about, you know, some of the the gaps in basic comprehension and understanding we have, not just here in this country, but around the world. Um, Where where do we even start? I mean, with all the rhetoric out there that has no basis in reality at all, what what do you think is overarching the biggest issue we face right now? Well, as I tried to uh, make the case in my article, I think one of the biggest issues right now is just a failure of civic education. We do not take civic education seriously in this country. It often takes a backseat to things like science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM education. And I think STEM is very important. Don't get me wrong. STEM is incredibly important. But there's a cost to ignoring civics education. And if you look at the blockades at Windsor, and Coots, and you look at the occupation in downtown Ottawa, it's going to cost Canadians hundreds of millions of dollars. So there's always a cost in ignoring civics education. We're just seeing that cost more clearly splashed on the evening news right now. Um, So how did this happen? I mean, like you say, we've changed our focus of education, but that doesn't mean that necessarily we have people thinking they can show up with a letter to the governor general and strike a new committee to govern the land. You know what I mean? It'll get rid. I mean, some of these things are absolutely insane. Where do these concepts come in to replace what is real? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really uh, important point. I think you're, you're talking about extremism. You're talking about disinformation. And you're talking about conspiracy theories. And I think you're absolutely right. Civics education is not going to eliminate those problems. But I think things like extremism, things like disinformation, things like conspiracy theories, they are a symptom of the civic illiteracy. Another way that I like to, to think about this is that if you don't have a robust civics education in place, there's really nothing stopping extremist ideas and dis- disinformation from stepping into that void. And I think that's a big problem. How do we fix this? I mean, that, that, that's the question. Like you say, do it, can we reintroduce it into the education system? I mean, obviously that's a start, but how do we catch up? I think in a democracy, civics education is everyone's responsibility. So let me make three quick points. Okay. Number one, Provinces can revitalize and expand civics education at the primary, secondary, and post-secondary levels. Number two, federal agencies like Elections Canada, they have a mandate for civics education. We can expand it, and we can use it to target especially youth, but also underserved communities. Number three, 
other elements of civil society can help us here, including journalists. So one of the things, for example, I would like CBC to do is to engage in more explainer journalism, explain what is a vote of no confidence, explain how government is formed, explain charter rights. And if you do that, I think we'll be in a much better place. I don't know if you're right. Now, with all due respect, I think I think a lot of media outlets try and do that, but I think part of... We, we can say there's a lack of education, and no doubt there is, but there's also a counter-education out there. There is an ecosystem that feeds the bad information, and their first job is to discount expertise, media, uh, educated people that would be trying to provide you with accurate information. They're liars. They're part of a narrative. So if something, as you say, CBC presented something um, to the public, there's a segment of the public that would immediately discount it. Immediately. Mm-hmm. So how do we no, counter I that? I, I, I agree with you 100%. Civics education is not a silver bullet. We have to have a broader conversation about extremism. We have to have a broader conversation about governance of social media and disinformation. Yeah. All of those are very big issues that are bigger than just civics education alone. But what I am saying is that if you discount civics education, there is no nothing to function as a barrier against bad ideas in the first place. The best defense against bad ideas are good ideas. And if we don't try to educate the public about how government works, other places are going to educate them for us. They're going to be educated from yeah. TikTok and YouTube and Facebook, and we are not going to like what they learn. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, if, if the vacuum is there, it will be filled. Uh, and, and at that point, you've lost all control. Doctor, great points. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. That's Dr. Eric von Reithoven.